Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast mm. gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. Come warm your buns in our oven. <laughs> I'm Tommy Teves Pico. I'm a poet, an editor, and a sweet dream slash beautiful nightmare. Oh, that is true. I am Joseph <laughs> Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and no storm can break my inmost calm. Well, to this cock I cling. Oh, dead I, air. Dead air. <laughs> Where all of us are just like, what? <laughs> Boo books. I'm Fran, a writer, editor, and you will find me at your local underwear party, fully clothed and eating cheese fries. <laughs> and I'm Dennis Norris II, reader, writer, former figure skater, and you heard it here first. A bench is moving to LA. Boo. Oh my God, truly though. It is so It could nice happen. Here. She just gonna miss her flight on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just gonna miss it. Speaking of which, we are recording here in Los Angeles. Ooh. And like, honestly, like, it's my depression is reciting. Like, I can, like, all of the inner tensions in my body have just unclenched, I gotta tell oh, you. On the drive over like, here, kids was like, oh my god, there's so much sky. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass sky. <laughs> Dumbass big-ass sky. What do you gotta do with it? Uh, Fran, will you tell us what we got on the menu for this episode? Absolutely. So, on the menu this week, we will be reading out loud um, the best and worst DMs that we've ever mm-hmm. gotten. Tommy will share a salacious, impure thought story. Heavens. And uh, Oh my god, yeah, it's pearl clutching, <laughs> you can say. And um, it's Valentine's Day, or almost Valentine's Day, so this episode will be all about love. It's a love letter Or to lack you. thereof. <laughs> um, and for dessert, um, we talk about some beautiful things about what it is to be single. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, take it away. Boom, bitch. We're going to start the top of this show the way any good tab should, with a tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our booshes today, Fran got a game for us. Mm. Okay, guys. It's Valentine's Day. We're all feeling a little gushy, so we wanted to honor... It's nauseous, actually, is I how know, I feel like. Exactly. And we wanted to honor this amazing holiday with um, the stupidest of cupids, as you might say. Um, so we're bringing back <laughs> our scrumptious little segment wherein we read the absolute worst grinder messages and affronting DMs that we get on social yes, media yes, yes, yes. Um, that may or may not be romantically involved um, on our various dating apps. So, who wants to start? Teeps. Dennis got that smile oh, like he oh wants to start God. something. Oh my God. Okay. So, here is um, a message that I got from a guy whose name on Grinder is Dirty Ass Eater. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, go on. <laughs> Looking to eat, lick, suck, and worship a guy's dirty ass for as long as he wants. I don't top or bottom, no anal. Just enjoy sniffing stinky buttholes and rimming DEEP in all caps. I too, no anal. I have a weakness. Same, Fran, same. No anal. anal. I have a weakness for two plus days, unshowered ass, scat, 
Very big tongue here. Hit me up. I find it really refreshing when men just state what they want. Yeah, with no shame. Be the change you want to see. Yeah. Be the ass you want to eat, Yeah, very Oprah. You know, just like state what you want. Manifest it. It's the secret. It's perfect because, you know, most people will say no, but some people will say yes. And But you're not looking to play games. If that's what you want, if you want to eat a dirty ass, you better tell people you want to eat a dirty ass. Two days plus. Two. Yeah. Days. Why not? Uh, That's special. Teams, do you have any? I got a couple. Um, one of them is a message that I got from somebody who asked me if I want to, would I want to put my feet in their face? That's not, <laughs> that's not, like, that, yes. doesn't, that doesn't pay, like, you know, people want that to happen. I, I'm not shaming that at all, but I was just like, no. And he was like, oh, what about your socks? Can I have your socks? And I was like, are you kidding? I run 30 miles a week. You got to pay for these socks. And he was <gasps> like, how much for them? And I was like, um, like $150. And he was like, uh, I'll take two pairs. And then I was like, well, when I see that I shit in my job. PayPal, then I'll send you two pairs. And then like an hour later, I got a ding in my PayPal. Oh, $450, and I was like, oh. God. And he had this specific instructions, you know, like um, af- as soon as you're done running, you put them in a Ziploc bag, yes. you put them in a manila envelope and mail them to my office in the financial district. Oh, and, Financial district. Uh, and uh, and I, I sent them every couple of weeks and that pretty much supplemented my income for like 2015, 2016. Oh, is, which is I when thought. you were writing your books. Yeah. Like yeah, this yeah. was a writing fellowship. I, essentially. Had a, I had a friend that, that paid for their entire trip to LA selling used panties on Craigslist. I love it. It's, There's a market I mean, for it. It's and it's a win-win. The thing is, I started to get like people I was like if you know other people in your freaky ass you know yeah. office that want some sweat socks you know what I mean I still run 30 miles a week and oh, I got a couple customers God. that way do you still do it uh, I I don't like no I mean I have <laughs> the, I mean the thing is like it was in an effort to make money from my writing and right. that is happening now so yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. real need to yeah. and meh I just it's, kind of like fell off. So yeah, yeah. the Dirty Sock can, Fellowship is now taking application. Oh would you consider a middleman? Like, do you want me to be, can I be your agent? Oh, okay. Take a 15 because cut like, or what? I, yeah, I would, uh, let's talk 25. Mm, okay. <laughs> Lost me. You were right until you were wrong. <laughs> and then the second one was a, a, a DM that I actually sent somebody because it was in this portion of my life where I was trying out punchlines, not punchlines, but pickup lines. Oh, wow. And I was What's like, the difference really? But I was like, boy, uh, are you in institutionalized because you're crazy hot and he was like my mom just went to a mental institution and i was like abort 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 <laughs> i made a huge mistake unsend unsend yeah, incredible <laughs> oh, no. i'm so impressed Joe. um i have some good ones um my my favorite is just like we all know that this happens all the time but you know like messages like four of them like three weeks apart thumbs up emoji Thumbs up emoji. Uh-huh. Thumbs up emoji. Oh my god. <laughs> Thumbs up emoji. Um, but the fans send us the best ones. And my one of my favorites was um, this reminds me of you. This was a DM. This reminds me of you. And then it was an article, in New York Times opinion, why women had better sex under socialism, <gasps> which just like th- I felt deeply oh, wow, seen. Such your brand. Oh my god. Wow wow, wow. 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 Epic. And then another one on Insta this time. Joe! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! I had a wet dream about you last night. I Ooh. just wanted to, you to know it was great, and you looked great. So affirming. Oh, Wow, that's really beautiful. Uh, that's we do right. get, really I will sweet. say we get flirted with a lot in our DMs, and they are so affirming, so respectful, mm-hmm. so encouraging. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, a, a lot of people who um, listen to this podcast know that I actually don't use dating apps, and I am lucky enough where I don't get trolled or solicited uh, that much. I mean, that's just like ideal. Like men don't speak to me. Like, you I love, love people staying away from I you. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dennis just said this morning. Dennis was like. Yeah, um, ignoring people is like your love language. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was 
like true. Um, but I did. A, I got a very non-romantic um, a DM that uh, from someone who lives um, in another state, very okay. very far away, which is also your favorite. Yeah, yeah. and they they followed we they we followed each other on social media for a while, but I don't know him. I've never met him. Um, and he DM'd me and he said, "Hey, a friend." Happy New Year. Heads up this year. Um, not right now. I want to have a serious conversation with you in which I'll be taking strong opposing devil's advocate oh, no. viewpoints no, no. to what you think. Meaning I may argue with for things I don't even believe in or, friend, or friend. agree with. So what get race is this that. person? He's white. Uh, he's <laughs> so, no one. He's so extremely white. And he was like talking about how like he's so concerned. He's like interested in talking about like race and dating with me and all this stuff. He's no. like, I've been turning on this for a while no. and I need the thoughts of a gay man of color to help me understand. No, no. So no. I don't go perpetuating ignorance and hatred. No, no. Um, it But like, and basically was just like, let, would love to know if you're down. Like my intent is to understand the issues that I don't experience as a white dude. And that's so when you, that's when you just respond with like, uh, is direct deposit an option? Cause like you're going to have to pay me for that shit. And here's, here's the thing because like, I, I do believe that we are in a, a current cultural moment yeah. where in, conversations like this should be facilitated yeah, yeah, yeah. and there and we should feel like safe enough to ask crazy questions yep. however if you do not have one single person of color in your life right, right, and right. because of that yep. you have to reach out to someone thousands of miles away who you do not know and yep. have never met mm-hmm. and to ask their opinion for a job that is not theirs this it is, is not, not my great. job yeah. to explain you're that. not doing great and also google's open yeah. 24 hours a day exactly. yeah literally google is exactly. the one-stop shop um <laughs> so yeah i i was just like so baffled by that because i i have those conversations with my close friends i am right. willing to have those conversations and it exhaustively talk about it with close friends which you don't have to do you as a listener don't yeah. have to do but um, I don't need to give that kind of time to people that I no. don't know. Mm-hmm. It's also like you do that work on the show. Like that's kind of what it is we do yeah. here. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. He's he's probably mad because it's like very one sided. You know, he can't participate in the oh, dialogue. That is so like we fair. should elevate more white voices. <laughs> <laughs> we should really try to bring it back in. Um, I have. I mean, I really. This is Joe. I have to say that I do a lot of really embarrassing DM sliding myself. Oh, um, and so I have. I have some. My stars and garters. No way. I mean, last night I just had a total meltdown on just a really hot boy who said that he wanted to go on a date with me and then didn't go on a date with me. And then what happened, Joe? And Fran kept. Fran was trying to make me unsend my Instagram DMs. I didn't try. I succeeded. (laughs) It was just. And and I woke up this morning being like, "Wow, I did a really bad job last night." I usually have a consultation for that when I try. I coach Um, you in. To unsending, it was it was not. I mean, I, I'm not proud of that, but like you know, I sent. There's a really really hot um, artist in New York, and I noticed he made a sad post on Instagram, but his oh. Instagram DMs are, are not open. So, so I moved over to Facebook, and I said, "Hi, noticed your sad girl Insta post. Same TBH, sending hugs and blowjobs." And he messaged Ooh. me back. It went really well. We're that, gonna get a drink hopefully soon. That is oh, vulnerable and a boner thing. So it's a vulnerable. Can we say that? Can we say that? Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Wow. I Absolutely, also, fuck you. Um, I messaged a friend of mine. There was a uh, she's queer. There was a really cute boy on her um, Insta story, and I was like, "Oh my god, that boy is so cute. Who is who is he?" She was like, "Yeah, that's my brother. He's seventeen and straight." No, just no, just no. Did not do a good job. A boy. Also, she says she said she said I, I'll tell him you think he's cute. I was like, please don't, please, <laughs> please do, please do not, please do not. <laughs> With the median um, age of the people who you are currently sliding the DMs no, into, they slide yeah, into true. mine. They uh-huh. slide into mine. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So just to everyone out there, again, whose DMs I have messily slid into, um, you know, <laughs> sorry, friends of exes, of, uh, 
like just people who are hot who I should not be talking to. I am so sorry. Drunk me is insufferable. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like uh, so like so sloppy, slippery. It's like you were using baby oil. You know, <laughs> our problem child. <laughs> well, that, that was, was great. Right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> For our next segment, we are doing. Uh, Impure thought, which is like one of our favorites here. It's kind of our signature, or at least one of them, um, because we just have so many signatures, you know? With this story, we will share a, we will have an esteemed thought share a salacious, ridiculous, redonkulous, um, cinematic, crazy, quintessential sex story. And for this week's Impure Thought, we have Tommy Team Speaker, the Los Angeles edition, which... (laughs) He's I gotta, s- yeah, I gotta say um, that we're, you know, this is like the Valentine's Day episode, and this did happen in February of last year in LA, where we are mm. currently recording from. So it seemed apt. Um, and also, I haven't shared an impure thought story since I think the very first episode, which was my threesome one. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I do have sex, FYI. So it's not because of a lack of stories. I'm just That's demurring. Why? That's why? all. Our PR teams are working harder on that. So <laughs> general if you public call frottage through jeans, sex. And why not if you're getting off? If you get what you need. So in 2012, I lived in Berlin. And during that time, I met a PYP, a pretty young poet. Oh. <laughs> no. and, uh, you, but, and there was like a, a lot of sort of will they, won't they action happening. It wasn't completely, it was a little call me by your name. <laughs> uh, and uh, but the thing is, like, he was really young. And I think he had just graduated from college. Or maybe it was even the summer in between his junior and senior years. And I was... You you know, in the throes of my Saturn return. So I was kind of messy. Mm-hmm, and it just, mm-hmm. like, I, it, it never felt, it felt like there was potential, but not a realization. You know, and that stuff happens all the time. You know, it's like ships passing in the night or right person, wrong time. Like a ton of factors go into coupling, which is why coupling is extremely uh, frustrating. Um, but then uh, last year, I had a reading at the Standard in downtown L.A., And he, I mean, we had continued to sort of follow each other on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that, like staying in touch, but never completely in touch. I love the social media because it allows you to like play the real long game. It's like a a lot of you, these are not people you text with or whatever, but like they, they are just enough in your periphery that when you end up in their city and they see you post from LA, Mm -hmm. they're like, Hey, (laughs) yeah, it is is a long con situation. It is. And what happened was, um, he was like, you know, it's been a really long time. I'd love to take you out to like buy you lunch or something like that do you have time while you're here and I was like oh absolutely you know Kevin or James or whatever his name was and we, so we met at a diner and we were talking and and, and we were you know and and I was sort of catching him up on my life and he had you know kind of fallen off of poetry a little bit so mm. he was a little starry-eyed when we were talking because it was like I think for him it was like an idealized uh, uh career path that like I was here right. in a reading you I had two doing books it that. yeah mm. and that like I, I you know it was like a thing about perseverance and so I just saw these googly eyes and we started talking about like oh do you want to get a drink later and I was like you know what's my favorite genre of bars like the hotel bar and he was like why Yo. don't we go to the line hotel really um teeps how do you feel about the ethics of sleeping with people who are googly eyed or starry eyed about you because of your writing is it like does that because that can lead people into your bedroom and is that is that chill ethics? I don't yeah ethics or like I just curious if you even dig that is that something you're into it uh, it depends I I'll tell you why I was into it I'm not always into it but I can be led I'm, you know, I, 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 my opinions are not concrete. They're not stone. I'm malleable. I am, maybe you might say the shape of water. <laughs> oh so we, so we get to this, so we get to this um, line hotel and 
we're sitting there and, and he's like, you know, I just got to say, we haven't really addressed this, but I feel like a few years ago, we had an opportunity to, to do something. And, and, and I really, wow. I feel like um, I, I didn't, I didn't own the moment and I don't want to let that opportunity pass by twice. And wow. that kind of speech, that's what got me. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, Oh, okay. This is really mature. And like, you actually said what you felt, which is something that's actually really hard Ugh. for a lot of people to do. Emotional vulnerability <laughs> is yes. so sexy. Yeah. Yes, Just put because, it out there. Because like, um, Knowing how you feel is hard, right? Mm -hmm. And articulating that to someone is hard, especially if they could give it to you or won't. Or won't, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, absolutely, let's do this. Let's go back to your place. And he's like, mm, actually, we can't go back to my place because I live with my girlfriend. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and, oh. and he was like, but I'll get us a night here at the Line Hotel. <gasps> Shut the up. And if you do not know, Line Hotel is like anywhere between 200 450 a night. Like it's so nice. Oh, so wow. expensive. And I didn't Ooh. sign the dotted line, so I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. so then we get up to that and it's like it's like so hot and we're like making out and I'm just like oh my god like I I I just I suddenly understood how, what love songs meant you know I was like oh this god, is great I hear a symphony I literally do so but then we when we get to the actual fucking it is such a goddamn disappointment wow. first of all even though I was the receptive no. partner I felt like a dildo because it didn't uh, feel like uh. it didn't feel like he was actually not interested in getting me off at all he wow. was the one who wanted to get off wow. and I love getting people off. So like I was participating in it, but at a certain point I was like, I, I don't even have to be here for this. Right. Oh. And also, you know, we talked, we've maybe talked about this before, but you know, there is a way that you handle an uncut penis. Yes. <laughs> that yes, yes if yes. you, if you, if you, if you bore down too hard on it, it Ooh, just ow. becomes insensitive and it hurts. Yeah. And I was, mm -hmm. so I was like just having not a good time. And I was like, is this how you fuck women? Like yeah. you do mm. not care about the other person getting off at all. Like this is a crime. Is it a crime? Sade asked. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so then, like the I, like the moment is completely unsexy, and all of that Vaseline on that lens got wiped completely off. And he was like, "Uh, so I'm gonna go home now, but like you are free to stay in the hotel if you want to." And I was like, "Oh, absolutely." So then I took a bath, I got in my robe, I ordered a cheeseburger, a pitcher of Mai Tais, and I watched Insecure oh all my night God. long. Oh my God. And and whose bill did you put all of that shit on? On the Henry or James or whoever. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't put oh that on your own God. bill. No. What I, I like, I'm so shocked that nothing in his, from what you said about his emotional vulnerability and the way he was drawing you into the room, I felt like the sex was going to be good because that seems like someone who would yeah. actually care. Mm -hmm. And especially his googly eyes towards you. Don't, it's like, was there a red flag? Wasn't there something being like, oh, this person's going to be shitty at sex? I, you never know when somebody's going to be shitty at sex, first of all, because like the sexiest person sometimes, sometimes you can look at somebody yeah. and be like, I know how you fuck. And then it's mm -hmm. like, it sucks. Or like sometimes it's that nerd and the, the red light comes on and they're like, hello. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I love So that. true. Oh, yeah, so um, I guess I what I would that. say is like uh, what I didn't realize at the time was that it was maybe a, a kind of a fetish or something like that. Like, oh, a fame fetish. Yeah, or or, or like a, a, a career fetish or just like a memory fetish. You know, like when you mm -hmm. run ar around a story in your head uh. long enough of like a will they, won't they, or could this have been, and you miss mm -hmm. the opportunity and the opportunity comes again. I, I just, it was just like, I am a factor of your fantasy, but right. me as a human being am not. And I I'm guess not, that's what yeah. I would say with people who might know you from writing or from something else is like, they don't actually know who you are. They don't. They, right. they know yeah. you via like a medium that they are yeah. um, encountering that has nothing to do with you really. Wow. Yeah, he fucked so you like weird. that was something that he had to do for him, yeah. like to to fulfill whatever. And 
that's like all it was. Do you think it was good for him, or did, did you get the sense that he also was just? Like, I got him off so hard. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god. god! Oh my god! He oh was god. like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like he's being violently shaken, <laughs> which is what an orgasm looks like sometimes. And he's like, oh, my head is all electric, and I was like, that's what I do to people. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> this has been an advertisement for sex with Teebs. <laughs> And we're out. <laughs> For our next segment, the meat of our conversation, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. Joe's going to intro this one. Yeah, so you guys, this week is the worst. For one, we're still not even in Pisces season. And secondly, Valentine's <laughs> Day looms. Uh, Valentine's Day dates back to the 3rd century AD to Roman festivals of love that involved men sacrificing animals and then, hit, <laughs> truthfully, hitting women with the animal hides. Uh, in that century, two, na- two men named Valentine were executed on February 14th by the Roman Emperor Claudius II. So romantic. And the wow. Catholic Church would later erase, not surprisingly, the pagan festivals to make the day high and holy valentine's day seems to make me sad even when i'm in a relationship if i have a man why not a house why not a savings account why not some kids my lover my love never seems to match up to what i think it should be and valentine's day reminds me of this endlessly i find that movies and songs build up this type of love that real life cannot match Mm. fuck you this is us but maybe more than other benches on this panel i do believe in love love has taught me and transformed me and of course i believe that love it's a wide-ass motherfucking category that includes familial relationships and close friendships. Love requires vulnerability and accountability. Ooh. Love undoes <laughs> me, and being undone is necessary for growth. So we call ourselves thoughts on the show. We know we're capable of being slutty, slutty sluts. But thoughts, what do you love, and who do you love? Judy Garland movies. Oh my god, <laughs> I truly love them. They make me feel friend. connected to the world. I yeah, no. I mean, this is this is just a funny topic for me, and to uh, I feel like you know we do a lot of preparing to to come into these shows. Yeah. Like if you if you you don't already know as a listener, like we prepare for hours and hours, just like deep diving into the subject Reading. matter. And this is like the most out of my league I felt on a topic. Mm. I truly felt I I have never been in love personally. I, I feel like I've gotten. Close but I don't really know how to pinpoint that. And talking about it is just not something that I'm privy to. Um, And I think that's because we kind of convene the word love to mean so much more than it needs to be mm-hmm. and it's kind of that stupid cliche that's like oh like there's so many different wa- ways that we could say love right. and there should be more words for like love and like what what's there's like a language where and there's like 45 different you know words for like what love is or something like that but i i feel like with this i do feel that problem that the word love has too much cultural weight to oh, to wow. it As you say it all the time oh i love this i love you i mm-hmm. you know oh yeah. lo- i feel like it's overused frankly it's yeah, rubbed absolutely. dry it's yeah. like it's numb yeah but, and but, it's sorry my, my question for you friend is for you it seems like you don't find the lack of romantic love in your life a deficiency and um, that's really important well you know what's funny is i don't find the lack of romantic love and a deficiency i find it something that i'm working toward um like you know like mm. I, I feel i feel like no sorry not working toward lack of love working toward figuring out what love is oh, wow. okay. yeah like that's something that I, I i'm not so i'm not such an evil monster where like i don't believe in love and it's not something that i want because okay. i do want that wow and i do want to and and when i do you know when especially when we're surrounded by um people that are falling in love and people that are in relationships it's something that that makes me want it too wow. um but it's definitely not um it's never, ever, ever my priority and has, I can't remember if it's ever been a priority wow. in my life after my first boyfriend. And Jeez. to quote uh, 
the illustrious Mariah Carey, uh, she had a, a vision of love, right? And so I think about that a lot, actually, because I've had a vision of what I wanted to be in right. my life. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting with a friend in Williamsburg in like 2006, 2007, being like, I think I'm going to try to make this poet thing happen. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I had a vision yeah. for my career. I have a vision for the types of friendships that I want. You know what I mean? Like I have a vision for, the, for, for sometimes the places that I want to live. Mm-hmm. But a vision of love. I just don't have. Wow. I don't know what yeah. that Me looks too. like. I don't yeah. know that what it looks like. That was the problem that I had preparing yeah. for this episode. I wow. didn't know how to concretize it. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. no one does, but like I personally like had a really hard time figuring out how to even talk about it I'm so, because it's so amorphous. I'm so yeah. different from everybody here, Dennis. I feel very similar to both Fran and Tommy in that I don't have, like I feel like because I grew up in this like religious home with a very sort of traditional nuclear family with older siblings and two-parent household, for a long time I have like thought that that was what I needed to be working towards. Um, But the thing is, as you like for me, as I've been in my twenties and now my early thirties and I've experienced so many different kinds of love. And I don't know that I've experienced like real romantic love, but like Fran, I feel like I've come close a few times and I have a lot of loving relationships um, like with my friends and I have a very loving relationship with my family. I feel like for me, I don't have a vision of like what, Mm love is i just know that that it exists in my life i know that i want to have more of it however that looks um but like romantic love is not my number one priority either like loving myself is my number one priority and that's you like you have to fight just to do that this message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor mercury insurance if you're looking to save some money you should really think about getting a quote from mercury because californians save an average of 677 dollars with mercury It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Health care is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Collins, period drama nerd, and your behind-the-scenes guide to Bridgerton. On Bridgerton, the official podcast, we're learning how this fantasy world dipped in history came to life. Daphne, her costume design really is about the elegance of simplicity. It's just color and shape. We went old school. 
and we got two scenic artists in who painted the backings for us by hand. These dukes are all like in their late 20s, early 30s. Almost all of them are unmarried, really good looking, and none of them have syphilis. Can you imagine when he looks into your eyes and then he dips you? We just heard this sort of ripping sound. Yep, I think there's just been a wardrobe malfunction. Listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I, every goddamn day. True. So, I it's, it's, I almost, this is Joe, I almost feel sort of ruined by having had my soulmate and the love of my life as my first partner. And it was, she was my first mm-hmm. girlfriend, and I was, I was like 20, and she was like, a, like a year or two younger. And I just, I, what, that love was a, a reckoning and a growing up. And it wasn't that, like, my different relationships have looked really different from one another, but sort of that, um, feeling like, I'm I feeling like the person teaches me something like every day like I want to be the best version of myself for that person like feeling like I have to grow as a person intellectually spiritually in order to like match up with where that person's at like it just it can look like so many different things but it's such a concrete feeling to me this just like mm-hmm. intense connection it like for me it is like one of the main things that's made me grow and grow up so like the whole sort of RuPaul's you know how can you love somebody else if you don't love yourself thing I think that for me like learning how to love other people has t- also taught me how to love yeah. myself better but i this mm. is where i will agree with rupaul i think it's my suspicion anyway i have a hunch that if you don't love yourself yeah you will be suspicious of somebody else loving you wow, wow. i think that's completely 100 percent on po- on point and i do think that's and I, um you know t- to dive into this i i do feel that there is also even though that it, it rupaul's you know aphorism is really beautiful um there is a little bit of a fallacy in that like you don't have to be i'm not someone who is extremely mentally stable like i no truly i haven't no i'm depressed i have an anxiety disorder i deal with a lot of mental health issues that um, in my day-to-day but i i'm i'm seeking help but i'm i'm getting i'm getting help with it especially with like my friends and the way i work through it every day very cognitively with a lot of interiority that said I don't necessarily feel like I need to be 100% stable in order to enter a relationship and other people shouldn't feel that way. But the, um, but I, I do feel like when it comes to like mental health, you do want to be kind of good, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and there's no like way to like actually evaluate like how good you need to be. But like, if you are someone who is really, really in a bad place, I would not I mean, say being is, in a relationship. It is. is unhealthy to expect that a relationship will fix you. If yeah. you feel broken, that brokenness cannot be like filled up by love of another person. And right? do you think that, and this is Tommy, do you think that that adds a particular dimension um, on queerness? Because we kind of grow up broken and not right. having our attractions affirmed to us, and feeling unlovable because our because of our attraction yeah. to the yeah. other bodies, and right? not having like a same like how often do you have a model of queerness like a, a queer right, relationship right, 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 to right, know right. what that looks like yep. to have the vision yep, yep, you have yep. had to have some inkling of it I mean my I, I don't have a good uh, uh, model for a relationship because my parents were horrible to each other wow. but then also like it it was so out of it seemed beyond the pale. 
yeah. to actually wow. be with somebody when I was younger, to think that that, yeah. would actually, that could actually happen for me, that too. You, yeah. That you could receive love. It felt impossible to receive love. From a, a partner of the same sex, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. of course. It because is. there's so many more, I mean, there's just so many more barriers to that relationship happening, especially when you're at that age and you're just kind of yeah. hitting some of those barriers, like the idea of like figuring out who you are, figuring out how you're going to live your life, and like if you're going to let people in and let people know about that, like the whole closet versus not closet mm-hmm. thing. Like this shit that like straight people don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And when you're 18, 19, you're dealing with that and you know that the people around you are dealing with that so it's so much harder to conceive of that. I completely empathize with you and I always felt like I looked at that like that happy ending as like the golden calf that we were always working towards and I resent the idea that we live in a society where we always privilege that over everything else. And I also resent the idea that there are often people, sometimes straight people, sometimes queer people, who move through the world always asking you to make a lot of extra room for their relationships. Like, Ugh. even when you don't have, like, even if you don't have one. Getting or, like, invited to somebody's motherfucking yeah. wedding. Getting, oh, see, that's my favorite wedding. thing. <laughs> I love oh, weddings. My, because the thing is, you have to spend so much money to go celebrate someone else's union. Strain and, like, it. it's like, every, like, I have some friends where I'm super excited for them and like I know if I know that like that's the thing that they have wanted and they're getting it then I'm like really really happy for them but weddings man going to weddings is very very tough on me like oh it's emotionally hard emotionally it's very very difficult weddings are so that's so weird and it's weird that I feel this way but weddings are so life-giving for me (laughs) but I love I I, I love celebrating with friends and family though and I love parties I think that's I think one one thing that I also love parties this is Joe but I I I think one thing that has me fucked up about relationships is just the notion that they arrive that like you were talking about in adulthood Mm -hmm. Fran Mm -hmm. that there's a crystallizing thing and I actually think uh, queerness really has helped me reflect frame this if you think about like um you know jose esteban muniz's idea of like queer utopia like uh, (laughs) queer utopia sort of like an ever arriving horizon it's like you're Mm -hmm. walking towards and that like inviting someone into that and like learning and growing with them but never you're you never feel like you're gonna arrive at the thing um but it is scary scary because because you know that 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 comes with the um that that perhaps not the expectation but but there is a reality that you grow together and you grow apart Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and allowing space to grow apart without breaking the relationship is super important. But it is just scary as fuck to be vulnerable with, with other human beings. I mean, I, I just, like, mm-hmm. I, I was in a very serious relationship. I thought it was sort of, I had arrived at that horizon. I thought that I had found this person who was going to share that journey with me, someone with whom I grew immensely. And then they bounced, you know? And, like, I, for the first time in my life, this is Joe, feel like I can't open myself to other people. And that's so scary. It's wow. like, I'm a person who who opens myself to other people that's what the fuck I do and I just feel so broken and by like this. I said to you yesterday though like first of all it would be pathological if you felt like <laughs> right away you were ready to do that whole thing over it sure would yes oh. and also like any type of belief system there there are it, it's it's replete with crises of faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't yes. have one of those, how do you know what you give a fuck yeah. about? But mm-hmm. even in the relationship, you have crises of faith. You just Absolutely. decide you're going to push through them together. I mean, that's what a relationship is. It's like, it's people who like think it's not going to work, but still somehow manage. And I think one thing that has me fucked up also is that my parents didn't let me into the messiness of their marriage. I know that it exists and I know that it exists now, but like my parents had that sort of, I mean, we were poor as fuck, but they had that sort of like white nuclear mentality of like, we don't fight in front of the kids. We don't show, mm-hmm. you know, the conflict. And I think that that's super healthy in some ways, that's but where his also wa- like wisps of waspiness mm-hmm. come from. Oh, that's my right. wisp of waspiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, D and I were talking you, about it last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain moments where we're like, 
like, how is Hella Waspy right now? <laughs> yep. Like, yep. To touch on something you said earlier, I mean, Tommy and I were just talking this morning about how, like, one of my number one pet peeves is, and I say this facetiously and also not, is, <laughs> like, having to admit that I care about yeah. someone. Yeah. Like, that. I really hate that. And yeah. I, I, no, I don't hate it. It's just really difficult for me. I mean, it makes you vulnerable, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, ignoring people is my love language. And I, I do, mm. the way I, um, my friends will say, like, the way I convey love is, like, it, once you get to know me and once you spent time yeah. with me is very clear. Like, you know, you're very you good. Know you fight for the people very, you love. You really yes. do. And very and generous. That, but, but I don't, I'm not a words of affirmation person. Wow. But I'm, also sex makes it different for you. I feel like sex is a layer of, it adds vulnerability to a relationship and, and that makes you sort of even more closed. You know, what's funny is that relationships make me bonkers. Like I, I'm, yeah. a lot of my friends haven't really seen me in relationships because what? I'm not in very many of them. But when I, you go, bo- you're like, boom. like I'm all the way. Like I'm, wow. I'm waiting on their text messages. Like I'm like kind yeah. of getting crazy about them. I'm thinking about yeah. like what they're doing and like what where they are and like whether Te- they think a, a thing I'm doing is okay. Texting makes relationships so hard. <laughs> uh, te- <laughs> texting like, it makes it so hard. But that, everyone's that expectations perfect. for texting are different. different. Yeah, that Dennis. makes perfect. I'm just saying that makes perfect sense for you because I feel like so much of your life outside of that is like trying very hard to not be that person. Mm. Because because you know, you see in yourself that when the situation arises, you can become that person, right. and you hate being that person. I hate like, it. I hate being that person, and I do get like I that. Love and being that person, <laughs> it because it makes me feel completely unhin- unhinged, yeah. and I just can't like move through my life like that. What's that? Mo- I can't remember. It's like a Greta Gerwig movie where where they're like, oh, like there's two people in a relationship. There's a rose and there's a gardener, and like mm-hmm. you can like mm-hmm. take turns, but like mo- for more often than not, there's one person taking care of the other person, and yeah. I like hate being the one who caters to the other person. Oh, really? Same. Yeah. Same. I, it's funny because I do like taking care of people like... You care that. for people so much, Fran. I, I hate both of those things. <laughs> I hate being taken care of and I hate taking care of other people. You're That's not the rose or the garden. Uh-uh. You're just like the dirt. Yeah, I'm the dirt. <laughs> Tommy is the dirt. Oh I'm my God. The she- I'm the pinking shears. Like, I'm just cutting everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting on an airplane. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> jo- Joe, I am really envious. I'm, I'm really envious of the fact that your first relationship was so, I don't know if healthy is the word for it. It was the healthiest relationship. <laughs> Yeah. of my life that, uh, no I, I, I didn't know I didn't know because I don't know the con- like the actual yeah. like what the context of your relationship was but like mine was really bad I also uh, wonder really if abusive. the fact that it was with a woman sort of made it easier yeah, for me absolutely. it's like like I was out yeah. to, to her as queer during the relationship but I sort of I kind of and it's funny because I put up with a lot of bullshit in some other relationships but I thought at the time I was like this good relationship will teach me to not have bad relationships and then turn around and have like several bad relationships mm. in a row but it, it um it yeah. I mean it truly never like learn. it truly like and and with the 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 woman I would she's she really is my soulmate. She came here to LA. I love uh, her for the show. Like she's just still a family member. I spent the last twelve Thanksgivings with her, including from when we were together to when we broke up. And it just like it did teach me. I I mean I just grew up as a human being with her. And we, I've known her, I've known her for so long. My love for her is so deep. We have inside jokes like those inside jokes that go back to like literally fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just so nice to be so seen. Like she knows, mm-hmm. but like she knows all the good and the bad about me. But I love that. Like and, I yeah. love but, that. But that that takes time. Oh my yes. god! So you know? much time. And I like. I I wish I could get there quicker, but you can't. You, mm-hmm. you the only way you know somebody ten years is by knowing them ten years. But don't you yeah. think romantic and sexual relationships accelerate that? 
I think they can yeah. if that's what you're looking for. That, mm, but I also mm. feel I feel completely paralyzed by them. Wow. I feel, yeah. When I actually give a fuck about somebody, I feel so completely paralyzed. I feel like so self-monitoring. Like the way that I exist best in the world is if I don't give a fuck, the stakes are very low yeah. and I just am who I am. So when mm-hmm. I actually give a fuck about somebody, it's I, I feel like I feel like I'm constantly holding my breath. Wow. Yeah. Jeebs. Wow. 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 That's that's very. And I almost yeah. like don't feel free and I was like, I actually feel very anxious if I'm like around a bunch of people that I don't care about. It's just like I feel unsettled. Something that you said about like the way we accelerate getting to know each other through relationships kind of struck me. And I, yeah. I you know, I'm more of a consumer of movies than I am of of books and I read a lot of books but like yeah. I get all of my all of my representations cultural forms and things that I like go back to tend to be from movies and, and TV mm-hmm. um, and I do feel like the medium of films makes us believe that mm-hmm. relationships happen yep. really fast yeah. we're mm-hmm. like I feel like books can do a they better job yeah. of, of helping you see how they grow and see their isms and like see what they're into and, and how you kind of get used to each other because books take more they time, take more time yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's like a really essentializing thing to say but like what are, what are you your guys's like favorite can you think of like a relationship in films or in books where like you were like that make that version of the relationship makes a lot of sense to me or you just mm-hmm. found it really striking or poignant probably like the yeah. scream movies <laughs> <laughs> striking poignant sharp <laughs> oh my god that's so um, I can think of a couple. I mean, first off, I feel like my dream boyfriend would actually be like a house elf from Harry Potter because they just like putter around serving you all the time and you never even have to see them or deal with them or talk to them. And that's like amazing to me. Living nightmare. But actually, um, there's this movie that I have seen once and I can only watch it one time because it kind of um, deeply disturbed me as as is what it's supposed to do. But it's called Lars and the Real Girl and it Mm. stars... um, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Thank you. Ryan Gosling. I have Ryan Flippy in my head. And the premise is that he's this like super like awkward, super shy, introverted guy living in a small town with his Do family. <laughs> and he um and they're all worried about his social skills and his social life. And eventually he says, Oh, I have a girlfriend, and he introduces his family to the girlfriend, and it's she's a blow-up doll. And um, everyone is like, oh my God, is he having a psychotic break? What's happening? Like people are meeting with a psychiatrist and they're just like, you just need to ride this out and like follow this delusion with him. And so the whole length, I don't remember how the movie ends, but the whole length of this movie is basically like him living and treating this like blow up doll as though it's a real person. And, and like a real relationship. And so he'll like go to a dinner party and all the guests there are like shake her hand and talk to her like she's a real person. Mm. And the thing that really like, was so wild for me about seeing this that was that I felt like white privilege. privilege. <laughs> First of all, there that. maybe was one black person in the movie. I uh, mean, I don't know. They're in like Minnesota or something. But the thing about it that was so wild to me is that it, it harkens back to this idea that I have about that comes from my writing experience and my reading experience, which is just that ultimately to me, we are alone in the world. Like that's yeah. part of what mm. makes relationships seem like a fallacy to me, even though I love relationships is this idea that no matter how close we are to someone, like, like they can't know us fully and we can't know them fully yeah. and we can't like be in each other's heads. And so there's always a distance and there's always a barrier. And I felt like this movie was a really great metaphor for that. And that's one of the things that I love so much about reading and writing is because that's my opportunity to be in someone else's head uh, or theoretically to feel like so true. That, remind, that reminds me of the movie her where it's just like it's the same yeah. kind of lesson where it's like mm-hmm. does the um the if the partner isn't actually real but the relationship is real does yeah. that make it less real yeah right. um, there's a line in hilton Owls's book the women's that says that the fundamental difference between people is whether or not 
we believe that other relationships with other people can cure our fundamental human loneliness. And I am definitely yeah. a person who does feel cured of like existential loneliness by being around people. And yeah. he was basically arguing that he and his mother kind of don't like, yeah see to me that feels like like it feels like a band-aid and it sort of feels like we can I do this thing though. and <laughs> oh, so good we can do this thing and we can be happy and we can feel all these amazing feelings and that's all well and good but to me i just go back to the idea that like we when we are born alone although i guess that's debatable because you come out of your mother but we're born alone and we die alone There's, and do you think that that might have to do with losing your father though maybe um, that you like you had your stable family unit kind of like was so disrupted was, yeah. so early in your life. But I think that like I mean I was I thought of that idea a lot before that and even though I'm not entirely sure that I understand the connection I think that um a lot of it just maybe comes from the the biblical teachings that I was raised on and mm. the and my understanding of the Bible that the only person who could really save you was like Jesus. Oh right, right, right. And it mm. and it wasn't even anything earthly. And in my head that sort of includes relationships. Okay. Yeah. So you know, and plus, I mean, I was already encountering that idea in literature, but I do think because my parents had this really epic, beautiful, amazing, romantic marriage where like, like new people could meet them 40 years into their marriage. They were married for 44 years and people just like, wow, they're so clearly like in love with in each love other. Love. Like they're the people amazing. that I think of when I want to not believe that soulmates exist. And I think of my parents and I'm like, oh, I know Aww, that it does. Dear. And so that's like really important for me. And so I do think that that may play a part in it because then it's sort of like, well, who finds that? Like almost yeah. no one finds that. So then I'm like, well, what? Like, what can I do? I can just hope for something that feels amazing and that feels incredible. And I can feel like someone knows me better than anyone yeah. else. And that can be real. And still, to me, there's a there's just a barrier because one, we're human. One, and thing that, one thing that the thoughts all do that I love is y'all don't put up with bullshit. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't sit in Truly relationships that, like, that don't do feel not. good. I, wow. I just call it when I call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I There's something, now as we're talking about it, there's something where in the cubbyhole that I would usually keep love in is is empty for me. Wow. Because I I feel like wow, my my Fran. my parents relationships were with with me were not were loving but then uh, upon coming out became a completely different thing and then it, I was of like course. oh so like it's not love. Is it love if you want right. it to be conditional. This thing? And well, the and same thing is the love of Christ is similar, you know. The it's, difference between know, infatuation and love is, is one of them conditional and the other one isn't. No, in, in fact, mm. in fact I think infatuation just wears off, right? Mm. Love is like an, a, a sustainable infatuation. I don't find infatuation um conditional personally me. Like if I'm infatuated with someone it like it does not go away. It's not like oh I saw them fart and then I don't want to fuck them anymore. Wow. So that be- so that yeah. becomes a part of the love for you is infatuation. Whereas I get yes. I'm asking because to in my head it feels like love is when the infatuation wears off and that doesn't mean you're not excited about that person and turned on by that person and like you want to spend all your time with that person if that's like what it is. But there's an electricity to infatuation that I feel like mm. how can that possibly that's how be I feel when I eat breakfast permanent. burritos I'm just like I'm just like <laughs> oh, oh my god, this god. it's electric today. it's just like an immediate connection Speaking you know about conditions could you date somebody who wore transition lenses ah! oh my god that is a deal breaker <laughs> truly <laughs> a deal breaker okay uh uh I feel like a person who wears transition lenses is feels they feel really far they'll feel really far away to me. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to connect with that person, and that's no. Sh- I don't know if that's a lot of shade. It's just very different for me. Could that's you date hilarious. somebody who uh, waxed his handlebar mustache? No, no. You Maybe handlebar mustache. Fran has a handlebar mustache. I'll fuck <laughs> off. I would never wax my mustache if you paid me. <laughs> could you could you date somebody who picked his teeth with his Metro card? <laughs> 
<gasps> yes, easily. No, ew! The Metro card is one of the dirtiest objects you carry. Hi, this is That's Joe. Oh, the disgusting. science hoe. Dirt but is good who, for you. But who Your does that? Meets it. There's a thing that has been okay, invented. Go to do eat that, dirt, then, Joe. Okay. I don't understand. Like, how would you? Uh, anyway. I mean, if somebody did it one time in a very stressful moment, nope. and they didn't have anything. I could forgive it. <laughs> no, nope. but could you date somebody who rode a unicycle? No. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm so excited by that. That is going to get. Re- who can ride a unicycle? Yes. I- I can tolerate a lot of weird hobbies, but not that one. Dennis is going to get DM slides from unicyclers worldwide. Please, slide in. Oh. With your I, unicycle. You ride your unicycle Cycle and I will in. ride you. Oh, no. Wow. I, have, I have one last one in. Could you date somebody who actively referred to his penis as his, as his crank? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Probably. I got hard. <laughs> it, like, in earnest? Yeah. No. Could you? If like, it was oh, a babe, my crank's so hard <laughs> right now. <laughs> we were, oh God! Then when you babe. say that, I mean, <laughs> well, it's better than no. I'm, better I'm than still hard. I'm better still than hard. Baby arm dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gross. Dennis, I love baby. I, I, that, that's too. What oh, if what God. if he referred to your ass as the big easy? <laughs> yes, done. I'm <laughs> I'm getting harder and harder. I get a jizz in my pants right now. I don't see any falsehood, and so could you could you date someone who? who likes Ayn Rand or Dan, you know, and, uh, could you date someone who's terrible? There, uh, not everyone could... who likes Ayn Rand is terrible. Just what? Dennis. What? I, I, Dennis. I, what? Dennis. Dennis is like, I love Ayn Rand. And the, I, I do not what? love Ayn Rand. <laughs> well, I haven't Dennis. read Ayn Rand, please. But I, I have a very close friend who is a big fan of, of one of her novels. So, and she's Dennis. Like, why are we person? always talking about point. Ayn Rand on this podcast? Because <laughs> it's very you polarizing. It's, very polar. it's a litmus test. I it is a litmus because test. Because on, on on that, I could sleep with Paul Ryan. On that topic, so. I do I do think that <laughs> I, I, you, I, wow. Fran, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> that's, yeah, we that's don't need to unpack. <laughs> um, I wonder uh whether get, on, on that note, do you ha- when have you guys dated terrible people? What did that mean for you? And by terrible, that doesn't necessarily have to be like superficial things like what their hobbies are, but it could also be like someone who was fundamentally just completely different from the person that you are in terms of like their ethics and like how they I think it was probably like this is Tommy uh, the times that that has happened it's not something that was immediately apparent to me exactly. it was gradual and I didn't and I so I had time to form an attachment that's and that's problem. what made it hard to Ooh. leave yeah. I mean oh, same wow. yeah it was like my cheating ex but like I was already attached by the time I realized how I wouldn't say ter- terrible he was but terrible we were for each other we were dysfunctional for each other but my problem again Joe is that I, once I'm attached to people I sort of feel like an umbilical cord is between our bodies and I have a really hard time cutting that off um, well, I'm the pinking shears, so. <laughs> <laughs> snip, snip. Right snip, snip, binge. As we were talking about love and literature, do you think you need to be in love to write about love? Ooh. No. no. I don't. I. No. Because even though I am not totally sure that, like, I don't think I've ever really been in love. And I guess if you say that, that means that you haven't. I just think, again, there's so many different kinds of love in the world that you can pull you can pull from those experiences and I think write about love in a very beautiful and convincing way. But then, but then, but then that, that would mean that um, either your imagination would have to do, you know, double duty yeah. or love is something that you could recognize. So if love is something that you can recognize yeah, between yes. people, how can you not have a vision for it for yourself? Exactly. And I think that sometimes the best art is made about longing though. It's like people write yeah. about love because they're longing for love. Yeah. I, I write about family a lot because I'm longing for family and I don't really Or feel, trying to get over. Yeah. Or, oh, word. I, yes, I can yes, very yes. honestly say that the, mar- the marriage that is at the center of the novel that I'm working on when I started it 
was what I was longing for. Absolutely. Like that's what I wanted my future to be. Right yeah. down to the fact that the man that my protagonist who's a lot like me is married to was the man who at that time in my life was like the dream oh my God, man for me. It's like, like Dennis absolutely. The, it's like Dennis and the real boy. Your novel is like oh it's like God. the Lars and the real it's like you're right you're writing the man that doesn't exist. I could see Dennis toting around to blow up doll. I could <laughs> With the biggest, with with the, with the biggest baby arm dick Ew. on the face of the planet. <laughs> I'm curious, Fran, about like the the submissions that you get for Hello, Mister. How what proportion of them do you think regard romantic love? Okay, I would say like nine. I would say seventy five to eighty percent of the things that I get in my inbox revolve around some conceit of of gay queer heartbreak, oh, um, heartbreak, not just love, heartbreak, heartbreak, loss. heartbreak, loss. I you the number of emails that I get that are like, I just got out of this relationship. Like I literally just broke up with this person or this person just broke up with me. And here's my thing about it. Mm. People see hello, mister. And uh, for, 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 um, good reason. Um, people see hello, mister as an outlet within their catharsis can take place. And it's almost always never a good fit. It's almost always they're too within that moment or Mm -hmm. too vulnerable or raw or it's too insular to actually be content. Um, but you haven't figured out the, the metaphor or the artifice or the, the decontextualized. As an editor, I do feel really grateful that Mm -hmm. they would share those stories with me because more often than not, they are really heartbreaking. Is queer heartbreak harder than, straight heartbreak um i don't necessarily feel like it's harder but i think that the the stakes feel higher because we have so few representations for queer mm. heartbreak um in oh, our in our mainstream that's and so i mean true. that's well that's why hello mister was founded that's right? so true the, like the the editor-in-chief ryan fitzgibbon was like i am turning to the out and advocate and all these different outlets and i don't see my I, and i just got out of a relationship yeah. i don't see myself reflected i don't see these stories about we, queer heartbreak and we, i want to know where that we is. see so few queer relationships and then the yeah. queer relationships that we see are always sort of vaulted as like this ideal to work towards and we don't see the queer hurt that much we're kind of not allowed that in the public eye it's like we're not allowed to be publicly like upset lost even sexual like in the the loss of like sex oh my god when my when my ex dumped me and i didn't get to have sex with him anymore i was just like what (laughs) my body was like "Ah, no i'm just like thank god i don't have to have sex anymore (laughs) (laughs) but i think too that the the the, the, when when the focus is on queer heartbreak a lot of times it's about like some kind of um you know somebody found out about the relationship it does like because I feel like that's a really that's easy right. yep. trope to go yep, to yep, is yep, that yep, like yep. somebody found out you're gay and now your relationship can't work right right exactly. um, whereas like the the fallout from it like you're talking about like the the actual the 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 manifestation yeah. in your body like that is something that I think is oh when you do things to break up a relationship that you love like when I've participated in what ended my last relationship I like that is way worse than anything that could have happened because I just I felt like I carried what I did and I, I couldn't blame it on anybody else like it was just the two of us it was not our families they were supportive they loved us and like it was not it was just us we fucked it up man we fucked it up and like I cannot tell you how much that still hurts like mm-hmm. that I did this like I fucked it up and that like it's like the 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 line from the blow song where it's like just because it's real don't mean it's gonna work oh, yeah oh, wow so I real oh. <laughs> and at the core of it when you're in the middle of fucking it up knowing 
that you're fucking it up mm. and you're like i, I was, know that i am making the wrong decision i, I am doing the wrong so thing to make this work to not fuck it up and guys. i am fucking it up oh, oh my god well here's yeah. to not fucking it up to not fucking it not up not fucking it up in 2018 we will fuck it up not putting up with bullshit take this is joe don't listen to me listen to these thoughts don't put up with bullshit don't put up with bullshit men don't put up with cheating men don't call it when you call just fucking walk the fuck out of the relationship when you need to get on an airplane go to la and on but but also water my my 2018 uh, honest um a resolution was to just be nicer to people who like me oh teebs uh which that requires a lot of vulnerability and that's teebs you're so good at certain types of vulnerability but that's one that's like really hard for you it's impossible it's it's your least favorite thing yeah it really is (laughs) being nice to people who like you is your least favorite thing oh my god one time Tommy had to like man the merchandise booth uh, (laughs) for our podcast to just like sell merch and he had to engage with strangers who liked our podcast he pretends Uh, we don't have fans because it's the only way he can make the show and so I remember going back and checking in on him being like oh how's it going like are you you enjoying like what's going on and he goes I, I hate this. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is terrible. I want to die. Not not because he hates you. He loves you. It's just like, it can be hard. Like, I feel awkward sometimes. Thank you, our PR stuff. team, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> just for the record. Just for the record. So the people know. Yeah. That's a I, great. I was just going to say, I think that one of the things that I'm learning for this year is patience. Like, being patient enough mm. to, like, wait and see and learn about myself and learn about the other person and learn about what... Mm what this can be is like a very important thing for me. I just me. want to be married yesterday. I'll learn that yeah. maybe next year. <laughs> That's not, not this year for me. That's a 30s life lesson. <laughs> Sounds oh, like right. a great note good. to end on. I have that feeling like I'm full but I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. That means it's time for dessert. And our dessert this week is the look on people's faces when they realize I'm 34 years old. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally last night, we were at a moment, we were like, you're 34 years old. And then uh, Tommy was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, our dessert this week is actually Living Single, the yes. mid-90s sitcom uh, that took place in Brooklyn and loosely followed yes. the lives of six friends. That was actually like on Thursday nights, it was like Martin Living Single and um, New York Undercover. And those Thursdays were the antidote to NBC's all white friends block oh, Thursdays. That's so true. Yeah, they were. And um, oftentimes, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's got a similar format to lots of other shows that followed the lives of like four women and then the sort of men in their orbit. Right. So like a Golden Girls or like mm-hmm. a Sex in the City. But yep. of course, like. Yeah, girlfriends, exactly. Or oh, oh, just friends. I mean, friends, the TV show. Gotcha. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately wanted to switch that title. Um, and also, just like first of all, Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, is one of the best characters on television ah, in history. Ah, Fight me. And in the history yes. of television, I want. 100%. And also, they, they like it taught me sort of certain models of success, right? Because like yeah. Khadija oh was God, in the yes. publishing industry, played so by true. Queen Latifah. Um, and I always wanted to be, I, I just, I looked to her as like a model for somebody for a career and a yeah. life that I wanted. Yes, and I yes, am yes. making my, I'm living my living single life. You right are now. living your living single life, Teams. Oh my God. And yeah, living yeah. single came before Friends, right? It was kind yeah. of the, it was the model for shows like that to exist. Wow. It was it was actually the model for Friends. Lauren, I think yeah. it, it was out, There's and someone case. asked Lauren Michaels something like, "If you could have one show that's on television that is like done by somebody else on a different network, whatever, like what would it be?" And he was like, "Living single." And then a year later, Friends was born. Ooh. Just saying, like facts. Yeah, Living Single was spectacular what did it mean to you dennis 
Living Single was amazing because it was one of the earliest representations that I had of like young black people in the city, like doing their thing, living their life, being happy. It wasn't fraught with racial trauma. It wasn't like it, it wasn't like they were like in the hood or anything like that. They were just like normal, like working young people in the city. And you just didn't see that. And so at the time that Living Single was on, that's what my sisters were doing in their lives. Like they were actually in New York. And one of my sisters might've been in Jersey at the time, but they were like working in New York. And so what was amazing for me is that I saw that and then I knew it wasn't like mythical. Like it wasn't just a product of TV because my sisters were doing that. So like I would go visit them in New York and I'd be like, oh my gosh, we're like living the living single life right now. My sister lived in Brooklyn. I was, I, it was just, it was the best thing ever. And I saw myself in all of those characters in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. But did you feel like it let you get to know your sisters as well? Cause you were like in Ohio in this life that like yeah. wasn't like their life and the show kind of allowed you to see what their life might be like. Yeah. It gave me context and it yeah. gave me, it gave me a visual for what they were doing. I could imagine all of those things. I imagined them having those conversations. I imagined them walking by those Brooklyn Brown. They were they were like, we want to one day like own a Brooklyn Brownstone. Right. And I knew what that was because I saw it on Living Single before I ever saw one in real life. And I, I just love when culture is, is like aspirational, but not mm-hmm. in ways that are just like hyper capitalist. Like I want to own this thing. I want to do this thing. It's like, I want to yeah. have a life that looks kind of like this. And like yeah. when you're really outside of a, like when you're queer and when you're young and maybe when you're poor or a person of color, it's like you're kind of outside of maybe a lot of things that you might want your life to look like. Yeah. And culture sometimes can come in and just be like, oh, it can actually be kind of like this. Like, or uh, it can totally desensitize you and you're like, I can totally write one column a week and then pay for an apartment that has multiple rooms. <laughs> yeah, Sex in the City. And we had been talking before about like ideal relationships and I remember the relationship between Kyle Barker and Maxine Shaw. First of all, it was a slow burn. It took seasons Dennis almost spit out his to coffee. actually like, be together. But they were, they, but the thing is like their, their relationship hinged on their disdain for each other. Wow. Like, oh my God. The they ultimate relationship yes. and they were like constantly Some always shit. bickering at each other in person and being like yeah like like half of the jokes on that show were jokes that kyle or max made at each other wow. and, but but then in secret they loved each other they loved each other oh my God. and their love story it was like for me the greatest arc of that show and that is so what love is like you know someone so well and there are things in them that drive you bash it crazy but those are secretly the things that if they were gone you would miss like a motherfucker and you do mm-hmm. you know so like that is such an accurate portrayal of like of the messy intimacies mm-hmm. of what love is like yeah. and the thing about it is that the presence of that relationship on that show was so important and so critical because there was another relationship on that show that was Sinclair and Overton mm-hmm. and like Sinclair and Overton are great and they're cute and they're a little bit simple and they had a sort of simple love story. <laughs> that's the that's a very polite way to like say that. But they had this very simple, straightforward love story that was very romantic and very sweet. But to see both of those different kinds of relationships yeah. playing out in the same context was, I think, hugely important for anyone mm. who was a younger person watching this show growing up. So good. Can and it's ha- back on Netflix now. It is. Hulu. Uh, Hulu. 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 Can we have a slumber party and I'll watch it together? Yes. Yeah, I'll absolutely. make Rice Krispie Treats. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds great. Oh, I, I, have like, I have, like, definitely my top five episodes, but one of them is, it, it has to do with Kyle and Max, and it's the, the, the episode where she fully realizes that she's in love with him and he's like mm. singing my funny valentine and she's like mm-hmm. losing her shit and like eating her napkin and like overheating and like cannot mm-hmm. calm down and i was like i i want to know what that love is oh wow yes. Yes. that's so good such a good dessert i love it 
This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for news and culture. What are you into? Head to intomore.com each week for a lovely little love letter from your favorite love and love Lauren Thoughts. Oh my ah! God. Oh my God. Our engineer this week is Claire Morrison at Bedrock LA. And our producer is the sweet as a warm cinnamon bun on a bitterly cold winter morning, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. Uh, you can't find me on the internet anymore, but you can find me in a bookstore. I'm Joseph Osmondson. I have a book out. Cop it. It's, you know, kind of okay. Uh, it's www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on any social media you want. I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. I hate that. Catch Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your golden audio shows. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or Joe will sob uncontrollably, his tears causing a flood not seen since the days of Noah. That's going to happen anyway. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Facebook as at Food for Thought Pod and on Instagram as at Gay Sluts Who Read. <laughs> Sign up for a newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content. I hate you. Oh <laughs> at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to yep. thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 